welcome to another episode of Anchored Hope, your weekly podcast where we inspire and encourage you to keep on going, to keep on moving forward in life, and to keep on trusting in Jesus. I'm Genevieve Solomons, and I'd like to thank you for listening to Anchored Hope. May you abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this podcast. May your faith be strengthened and your steps be filled with purpose in Jesus' name. Just a reminder to please drop a comment on the podcast on our Insta pages. Mine is at Jen Solomons, that's Jen with a G, and Ashley's is at Ash Solomons. Now this week's podcast is about a woman of courage and faith. A woman who teaches us that hope can be found in a tragic and hopeless situation when you choose to follow the Lord wholeheartedly. This week's hero of hope is Ruth. Ruth chapter 1 verses 1 to 6 sets the scene for us. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech. The name of his wife was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Marlon and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. Now they took wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. Then both Marlon and Chilion also died. So the woman survived her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with the daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people. By giving them bread. Can you imagine this happening to you? Just think about it. Things become so difficult in your hometown that you feel your only option is to relocate to a completely different foreign place. There's unknown people and you have to start over in this new place because things in your hometown are so difficult and dire. For Naomi, it was a famine that drove this family to a foreign land. In fact, the Moabites were Israel's natural enemies from of old. And if you put yourself in Naomi's shoes for a moment, imagine leaving your family, your home, maybe your job, and the life you know for a foreign land where people regard you as an enemy. But you're at the means to make the move as a family. So you leave together with your husband and your two boys. You start your new life there and things are looking up. And then tragedy strikes and your husband dies. Despite this loss and the hurt and the grief that you feel, you carry on because you still have your sons whom you are raising. As they grow up, they get married you gain two Moabite daughters-in-law and that's awesome. But then tragedy strikes again and you lose both your sons. 
And then that wound gets opened up again and you feel even more like an alien in a foreign land. You feel all alone, even though you have your daughters-in-law as family. But the grief, the pain, the fear and the loneliness cling to you day and night. And then one day you hear that things aren't going as badly in your hometown and you decide to pack up and return home. But this time you're going back empty without the wealth and without the family that you left your home with. The people in Naomi's town were very excited when she came back. But Naomi was a different person now because of life's hard knocks. And this is what she actually told them in Ruth 1, 20-21. But she said to them, do not call me Naomi, which means pleasant. Call me Mara, which means bitter. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full and the Lord has brought me home again empty. And this is so true for some of us, if not all of us, that when life knocks us down over and over again, when things are so hard and it feels like we're facing an uphill battle, we look at our situation and it has changed from being pleasant to being bitter. When this happens, often we walk around with that bitterness in our souls, even in our very bones. And we like Naomi saying, call me bitter because God has done this to me. We single out those experiences and we judge God by it, wondering why he allowed it to happen in the first place. And often we don't see how other people's sinful or willful actions have negatively impacted us. Sometimes it even happens to be our own poor choices that has led us to this point of hopelessness and bitterness. If you find yourself at this place today, run to the Lord. I implore you, return to God's loving, comforting embrace. Open your heart to him. Even if your heart is filled with pain and frustration and anguish, let God in. Trust him again. He won't do to you what other people have done. Please don't draw away from the one who is able to make your bitter water sweet again. Please don't reject the one who is loving and gracious enough to turn things around for your good. You don't have to stay stuck in hopelessness. That thing that that person did to hurt you and break you down, God will turn it around for your good and in your favor. Like Joseph, you will say to those people, even though you planned evil against me, God planned good to come out of it. That plan that Satan designed for your destruction, God will turn it around for your good in Jesus' name. He will stop that plan of the enemy. You won't be destroyed in Jesus' name. Trust the Lord to do this for you today. God wants to turn that hopeless situation around for you. Whatever bad news you've received that has strangled your hope, I declare Psalm 112 verse 7 over you. 
Don't be afraid of bad news. In fact, you won't be afraid of bad news because your heart remains secure, full of confidence in the Lord. Open up to the Lord right now and let hope rise again. Where bitterness has been your song for so long, it's time to sing a sweet new song of praise. Where unforgiveness has turned your heart cold, ask the Lord to come in and forgive and help you to forgive whoever it is so that you can have a song of praise in Jesus' name. Say this out loud wherever you are right now. I will bless the Lord with all that is within me, with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. He fills my life with good things and I am renewed and strengthened. Let the Lord make your bitter waters sweet. It's important to understand some key concepts in the book of Ruth. If we are to learn life lessons in hope. Ruth is about the sovereignty of God throughout our lives. It shows us as believers that the Lord overrules our poor decisions and mistakes to accomplish his will. Ruth teaches us that God's will prevails and can be accomplished through unlikely people. The book further reveals that God accomplishes his work through the joys and tragedies of life. The book of Ruth opens our eyes to see how the Lord directs seemingly trivial incidents to release blessings to us and to others so that his name is glorified. Now let's just take a step back in time. And we see that God had appointed judges to rule in Israel. Joshua had brought the Israelites into the promised land. They had subdued the enemies and the nations. Land had been distributed amongst the tribes and God had given rest to his people. But after Joshua's death, the people returned to disobedience. They returned to evil ways. Judges 17.6 says, in those days Israel had no king. All the peoples did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. So their faith in God was at a low and obedience to the Lord was almost unheard of. Then we get to Ruth chapter 1 and we see that there's a famine. And the famine was a result of the Israelites' disobedience to God and his word. The famine was supposed to be a wake-up call for them to return to the Lord and to trust in Him. Now we get to Elimelech, Naomi and their boys. And during this time of famine, they left Bethlehem to move to Moab, to move in with people who were considered to be their enemies. And the reason the Moabites were Israel's enemy is because they were opposed to Israel. They had refused to give bread and water to them when they had journeyed in the wilderness after leaving Egypt. In fact, the Moabite king had hired Balaam to curse the Israelites and God forbade the Moabites and the Ammonites from entering the congregation of the Lord. And you can read about this in Deuteronomy 23 verses 3 to 6.
The move was economical, but they moved from a place of protection that God had given them in Bethlehem to a place of tragedy, loss, and emptiness in Moab. What seemed like a good decision from a human reasoning perspective actually ended up to their detriment. How often do we make those kind of decisions? How often do we rationalize things when it comes to life, but in our hearts we know God doesn't want us to do it? There's a quote that says, the making of decisions is the making of character. Our choices show what we are now or determine what we will become. Major decisions must be made carefully. There's something we often say at church. Don't make major decisions when you're emotional, distraught, angry, frustrated, and not at peace. Because that's when your perspective is skewed. You end up making rash decisions that you regret later on. Wait until you're at peace and thinking calmly so you can hear God's voice and make wiser choices. Wait until God speaks. Don't run ahead of the Lord just because you're impatient. You'll end up stepping out of his protection and into loss and emptiness. Wait on the Lord. So we've heard about Naomi's state and the tragedies she experienced. She felt forsaken by God. She was bitter and empty on the inside. She felt powerless to change the situation. She only saw a grim, hopeless, lonely future. And then the hero of hope steps in. Ruth steps up to the plate. And she stuck with Naomi even when Naomi was at the lowest point of her life. There are people who are so hurt in life and often people don't stick with them. These hurt people are left alone and they fall deeper into despair and depression. Be like Ruth. Stick with other believers and your friends when they are facing hard times. Be that support to that friend who is depressed and alone. Pray for them. Pray with them. Just be there for them. Your presence makes a huge difference. Even if they don't feel like talking. No, you are not their crutch and you must have boundaries in place. However, you can still be a godly friend whom the Lord sends to help them through a dark time. Ruth clung to Naomi. She stuck with her. She adhered to her. She was loyal to Naomi. And perhaps Ruth saw Naomi's faith back in Moab. And it stirred in her a desire to know this God. Ruth tells her in Ruth 1, 16 to 17, but Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also. If anything but death parts you and me. What Ruth had seen of Naomi's faith was enough to convince her that the God of Israel was worth risking everything for. This was not a rash decision. It was actually a dangerous one for Ruth because Moabites were considered to be Israel's enemy. But Ruth still risked it. 
She cut ties with the Moabites, with her family, and she embraced a new nation without knowing how they would respond to her. There was no money, there was no food, there was no security. It looked hopeless, but she still committed. And her commitment can be compared to salvation. When we believe in Jesus who died for us on the cross for our sin, and we ask him to be Lord of our, our lives, we leave our old sinful ways behind us. We repent of sin. We embrace God's kingdom fully without looking back. We display total commitment to him and trust despite the unknowns of this new life in Christ. And this decision to follow Christ is available to every single person. You don't have to stay stuck in sin. You don't need to remain condemned to an eternity of darkness separated from God. Jesus Christ paid the price for our sin by dying on the cross. He is alive today and we are able to be reconciled to our loving Heavenly Father. All you need to do is believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. Confess with your mouth that he rose from the dead. Ask God to forgive you to be your Lord and King, and you will be saved. Amen. Ruth made a huge commitment, and in the midst of a hopeless situation, she showed that commitment to her new family and to God. Commitment always precedes resources. Before she had made that commitment, there wasn't a way for her to get a new job or to find a way to provide for herself and Naomi. But after she committed to go to Bethlehem, she found work. Commitment led to doors opening in her life. Ruth was blessed abundantly. She got married. She had children, a family, an inheritance. She was accepted and she's even in the Messianic line. Commit to the Lord today and God will set things in motion and his plan will unfold in your life. Commit to God and do the right things even when you face hopelessness and God will bless you. Don't let someone's lack of faith like where Naomi was influence you to lose faith in God. No, Keep on trusting God. Don't let someone else's unfaithfulness or poor example cause you to lose faith in the Lord. Amen. Surround yourself with people who are strong in faith, especially when you are feeling weak. Don't go it alone. Naomi had the sense to not isolate herself, but she returned to the place of bread in the midst of a hopeless situation. Amen. Ruth didn't let the dire situation stop her from stepping out in faith. Don't let your hopeless situation stop you from stepping out in faith in Jesus' name. At the end of chapter 1, we read that it was the time of the barley harvest. It was a time of abundance. Ruth got to see the goodness of the Lord in the midst of what had looked like a terrible circumstance. She came from a place of famine and she moved to a place of provision, a place of bread, a place of blessing and a place of abundance. God had ordered her steps here because she put her hope in him and God can do the same with you. He will put you in a place of unexpected good 
If you feel hopeless today, I want to remind you that God is sovereign and he desires to bless you. That he's always at work turning things around for your good. And just like Ruth, he wants to do this in your life. Commit to the Lord and return to the place that God wants you to be. For he won't cease from showing his kindness and you'll experience his goodness and overflowing. God restored Naomi's hope. Ruth's hope in the Lord was greatly rewarded. Let hope arise in you today in Jesus' name. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him so that you may overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit that hope would overflow in your heart. I want you to pray with me as we close today and let's make this personal. Lord, step in and turn things around for my good. Make the bitter water sweet. Come fill my life with good things and renew my strength. God, you are sovereign. Come and accomplish your work through the joys and tragedies of my life. Lord, help me to wait on you before I make major decisions. Help me to make wise choices and not rash ones. No matter what has happened in my life, I will cleave to you, Lord. I renew my commitment to you today. I give you my heart afresh today. Lord, let me grow in godly character like Ruth did. Strengthen my faith in you. Make me fruitful. Bring me to a place of provision a place of blessing, and a place of abundance. In Jesus' name, amen.